0: the glory. He's an amazing, amazing, amazing God. So we're going to go to Isaiah 9, 1 through 7. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom. Isn't that good news? No more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. The people, here's key, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Hallelujah. Thank you for our Jesus. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. As when people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the good things he's done for us. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The zeal of the Lord Almighty. If our God is zealous for something, it gets done. Hallelujah. So it's important to look at this, and it says that we were once living in the land of the shadow of death. That's before we knew Jesus, right? That's before we knew Jesus, not now. Before we knew Jesus, but praise God, his light has dawned. That's what we celebrate. His light has dawned in our lives, in our spirits. Jesus came into our midst, and he shattered, shattered, The burdensome yoke. It says here, he shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of our oppressor. What have we to fear? We have nothing to fear. And it all becomes a matter of our perspective. It all becomes a matter of that upon which we choose to focus. For darkness we have been given light. Matthew 4:16 through 18. So throughout this message today, I want you to realize regardless of the circumstances in the world, we have hope. We have a hope. We have a rock solid Jesus. Matthew 4:16 through 18. To fill f- to f- and this is this is the scripture that I had read earlier in the week and it's it's the New Testament fulfillment of the one we just read. To fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way to the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Thank you, Lord. And Jesus said of himself in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You see, we have been given within us, within you. When you become a believer, you have been given the light of life, infusing your spirit, the light of life. And I think it's really Interesting the Aramaic adds at the very beginning it says I am the living God I am the living God I am the light of the world You have a living God the light of the world who inhabits your spirit when you become a believer in Christ Ephesians 5:14 For it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. You see, we rise from the dead. We rise from our slumber when we allow the light of Christ to permeate our being and dispel the darkness. And it never fails. Never fails. And this one again in the Aramaic, it says, right there where it says, and Christ will shine on you, the Aramaic originally said, and the Messiah will illuminate you. Wow, think of that. Think about how powerful having it said that way really is. The Messiah, we're talking about Jesus himself, the Messiah will illuminate you. Wow, I want to go around being illuminated by the Messiah. I want I to go around, and people don't look at me. They say, that's the Messiah illuminated through her or him, right? What a gift. Wow. Wow. You know, in 1 John 1, 17, it says, walk in the light as I am in the light, right? So this is who we are, beloved. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You, speaking about believers, you are the light of of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. You are a light giver to everyone in the house. And there's another one. It says, where it says, a city on a hill, again, it says in the Aramaic, you cannot hide... You cannot hide a city that has been built on a mountain. Don't you love that one? You cannot hide a city that's been built on a mountain. You as believers are a city built on the rock of Jesus, built on the mountain for all to see. Undeniable, it says it cannot be hidden. It will not be hidden. The darkness shall not overcome it. You have nothing to fear. You have nothing to fear. Rather, you are on a mission. You have a divine purpose, and you have a divine plan. You are a city on a mountaintop, shining forth the light of Jesus a healing a balm of Gilead for the world. Thank you, Lord. So if you are a believer in Christ, beloved, your future is so bright. Your future is so bright. You are a bright and shining light. Praise God. Your position is secure. Remember how we studied that a few weeks back? You will not fall from your secure position as you stand on the rock. Remember that? Your position is secure. Your victory is established. His word does not return void. Your promise lives. We serve the living God. Your promise, the promise of Jesus, the promise of the Father, who is our Jesus, lives. So, what the Lord instructed us to discuss today is that it is truly a matter of your focus. It's a matter of my focus. It's a matter of your focus. And it is time to be mindful, mindful of what our focus truly is and how to focus. And we need to focus away from the trauma. We need to focus away from the chaos. We need to focus away from anxiety, doubt, despair, discouragement. Those are the things that the world receives. Those are the things that the world endures. Those are the things that the world offers. But we don't have to take that offering. I'm not taking that offering. I'm going to stand on what the word says, and I will receive my blessing. I will re- receive the promise of the Father Jesus. And all that He received belongs to me. It belongs to each one of you. So, we do not inherit the promise of the world. We do not inherit the promise of the world. You have inherited the promise of the Father Jesus. And you may demand, when you stand on the word, when you stand on the word as a believer, You may demand every promise, every inherited blessing of Christ. Right? No fear here, no doubt. Every blessing of Christ belongs to me. Every blessing of Christ belongs to you. It's simply a matter of your attitude, my attitude, your perspective, my perspective, your focus, my focus. That's really all it comes down to. I want to, okay. I'm going to try to be really quick about this. If I can do anything quickly when it comes to the word, that's really, that would be a miracle. But I am going to try to do a real quick synopsis, a real quick look at the transformation of Saul to Paul. Okay? So here we had Saul. We had Saul who was a, a man of murderous heart, he was a man of murderous heart. He hated the Christians. He wanted them all to be done away with. He sought paper so that he could imprison them. He persecuted them. So he was a man of murderous heart. And God comes along, and what happens? He becomes a man who falls madly in love with Christ. Writes two-thirds of the New Testament. A man after the love of God and and brings us the revelation of Christ. A man of murderous, murderous heart. Think about that. Think about how God transformed that life. Amazing. Philippians 121, he actually, after he was transformed, after he was met on the road to Damascus, he says, to live is Christ to die is gain. So you take this man who persecuted Christians, and in the end, he's like, to live is Christ, to die is gain. And that's wha- that, that should be our focus. To live is Christ, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory. To live is, is Christ, to die is gain. So when we do that, when we have that same focus, when we go after that with all of our heart, we get the same results. The same results. Paul will have nothing on you. Got it? (laughs) Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me. That's our focus. Christ is living in me. Hallelujah. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So here on this earth we live in faith in Christ. Who gave himself for us, for every one of us? I have nothing to fear. My future's bright. I live in the light. <coughs> so, when we take this attitude, when we, when we allow this revelation, the, rela- the revelation of this word, of this reality, of this very transformation in our spirits, see that? the transformation of our spirits. When we live in that, we will go forth in the power and the forgiveness and the love of God to his glory. Praise be to him. Thanksgiving be to him. We will live in confidence. We will live in victory. We will live in a boldness for him that the world needs. I am praying. I am praying that someone goes into Bill's room that is bold because, see, his family can't be with him right now. You see how important it is to be bold for Jesus? I am praying that someone at that hospital goes into his room and encourages him in the word and lifts him up and helps him hold on to the healing promise of God. You see, it is so important, saints, that we are bold. Now, that might be a really hard thing for some worker at 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 the hospital to do. Might it? Might it not be a little difficult? Like, I don't know this guy. I don't know where he is. I don't know where his faith is. And just... With the love of Jesus, just go in and encourage him. Pray for him. You see, we must be bold for Jesus. It, It counts, it matters, it changes things. It changes lives. So the next time the devil's telling you, no, don't go witness to that person, or, you know, don't go share that story with that person, or whatever, don't offer to pray for that person, you just say, get thee behind me, Satan. Get thee behind me. Christ in me, the hope of glory, and it's going to be the hope of glory for that person. Anyway, so let's look at Saul, transformed into Paul, Acts 9, 1 through 23. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there belonging to the way, those are believers, in other words, if he found any Christians, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly, suddenly, a light from heaven flashed around him. You know God has suddenlies for you? You know he has suddenlies? And you better not use that word coincidence. You need to get that word totally out of your vocabulary if you are a believer. There is no such thing. We are walking in the destiny of God. So don't ever use that word again. (laughs) Anyway, as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. He replied, Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind, and he did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. For he is praying. For he is praying. For he is praying. God is a God who answers Prayer. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Now that's going to be physical sight. It's also going to be revelation. Holy Spirit revelation. Lord, Ananias answers, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done. To your saints in Jerusalem, and he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. So think about the trepidation that Ananias was feeling. Think about that. This was a killer of Christians. And the Lord's saying, "Go talk to him." And Ananias says, "But Lord, excuse me. I know this man's history. You see, but God had transformation in mind. And he has transformation in mind in all of our lives and in the lives of everyone that we touch with the light of the gospel. Transformation, new life, new birth, darkness dispelled, anxiety gone, Thank the Lord for people like Ananias, like I was talking about before, wanting someone to go to Bill's room. Thank the Lord for people like Ananias who will obey the Lord, who will obey the Lord and do what he has told them to do, regardless, regardless of what it looks like it may cost. You know, because God didn't fill him in on the whole story as far as we know from the scripture. He didn't then say, uh-oh, it's all okay. He's going to be as tame as a kitten when you go see him. You know, he, he didn't tell him that. Well, we don't know that he told him that. He didn't tell us in the scripture he told him that. So we have to believe that Ananias was walking in faith and not fear and obedience to his Lord. <coughs> but the Lord said to Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument. Wow, that makes our brains tilt a little, doesn't it? Because he's killing Christians, he's persecuting Christians, and God's saying he's chosen. Well, each one of you is chosen. God chooses everyone. It's just a matter of determining whether or not we're going to obey and follow and follow and walk in the light and the love of Jesus. This man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. You see, God is looking into Saul's future. He is calling Saul now according to the good plan he has for him. You see how he's doing that? So we have to note two things here. First, that God took a man who self-admittedly, self-admittedly, because you can go read 1 Timothy 1.15, who says he's the worst of all sinners, who self-admittedly calls himself the worst of sinners, and he turns him into one of the greatest apostles in the Scripture. So what can God do for you? What can God do for us when we sell out? What can God do for us? How can he change us? How can he change the world when we fix our focus? See, he sees you according to his plan and purpose for you and your life. Second, once Paul received the revelation of Christ, once he received the revelation of Christ, he did not let his past hinder his purpose. He did not, can I say that again? He did not let his past hinder his purpose. He also did not let where he was in the present hinder his purpose. Hallelujah. We must not let our past Hinder our purpose God's purpose for us God's design, God's plan He focused on Christ And Christ alone He took his mission seriously And in the, dark, the Darkness of his past He would not Let outshine the hope of his future Can you get that? See we've all gone through dark times Right? Right? the darkness of its past, the darkness of the present, we cannot let it outshine the hope of the future glory that God has. Hallelujah. He did not let it get, get in the way of his determination, his determination to pursue the will of God here on this earth. God's will be done here on earth. He truly absorbed He truly absorbed into his very being this great thing that God had done for him. And it's good that we do the same. It's good that we do the same. Truly absorb this great thing that God has done for us. He didn't let self-doubt get in the way. He didn't let the threat of worldly chaos get in the way. Believe me, Paul walked through a lot of chaos It did not deter him. It did not stop him. He had something great to do on this earth for God, and you like him. You like him. You like him. You are chosen of the Lord. You are a chosen vessel. I'm telling you that today. You are a chosen vessel. The scripture tells you that. You are a treasure in a clay pot. You are a treasure in an earthen vessel. You are chosen of the Lord. And you have something great to do for him. Every single person in this room has something great to do for God. And it doesn't mean you have to go become a missionary. Right where you are, where you work, where you go to school, you are greatness waiting to happen for another human being when you share the light of Christ. No price was too great for Paul to live and to spread the true gospel of Christ. Verse 16. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. 17. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, Brother Saul, it's a nice greeting, brother. Now brother brother, right? Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So regaining his physical sight and getting Holy Spirit revelation. Immediately, 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 something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. Right then and there, immediately. The light of Christ, immediately. All darkness dispelled. Would you like to be somebody's immediately? Thank you, Jesus, me too. I want to be somebody's immediately. Well, you're just walking around, and that's who you are. You are somebody's immediately. (laughs) The true entrance, the true entrance of the love of Christ, that's what it does. That's what it does. It enters the heart of the human person, and it fills that person to his very being, A miracle, you're a miracle. You're an immediate miracle. It gives us new purpose, new hope, new desires. Our desires change. Old earthly desires, they don't even mean anything anymore. So when we allow the love of Christ to permeate our very beings, this is what happens. This is what happens. The scales of darkness, the scales of darkness are removed. They fall. They fall off of us. Indecision falls away. Fear falls away. Confusion falls away. Right? We receive the revelation of the light and love of Christ. Timidity falls away. Self-condemnation falls away. Low self-esteem falls away when we walk in who we are unforgiveness unforgiveness of others and of ourselves the entrance of the light gives us new confidence new boldness to stand for Jesus just as we are and allow his word to mature us never, never criticize yourself if you feel like you're in a spot where you should know more or you should be doing more. No, don't, don't ever let the devil talk to you that way. Because the word will always mature you. You just get in the word and then you allow the word to do the work. But don't ever criticize yourself for where you are right now. Just come with a heart for God. And he'll take care of the rest. You can do this. You got this. So, He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once, at once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked. See, this is a true transformation Isn't he the man who raised Havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Christ. Hallelujah. This was a true transformation, the result of a cleansed heart. See, we just put our hearts before the Lord and say, Lord, purify. Anything in there, purify me. And he had a singular focus. Paul had a singular focus. Christ in him. To live is Christ, to die is gain. And at once, At once, it says there, at once, Saul went into action. He did not sit around for 20 years and and say, I'm too uneducated, I don't know enough. At once, he just trusted God to use him. He trusted God to lead him and went forth in confidence. He was baptized and he went about the business of God's kingdom. He didn't let anxiety or fear or trials or temptations or thinking I'm too old, I'm too young. I'm not going to know what to do, I'm not going to know what to say. No, he just let the, he, he just had faith in his Jesus. He did not let the haunts of his past immobilize him either. He didn't let the haunts of his past, the mistakes, the things that he could have condemned himself over, he didn't let that stop him or immobilize him. He just sprung into action. Let's spring into action. Let's focus on Jesus and spring into action. That needs to be our focus. You're not too old. You're not too young. You're not too uneducated. You're not too insecure. You're not too anything. Just be zealous for God. Just be zealous to share Jesus. It is simply a matter of our perception. It is simply a matter of our attitude. It is simply a matter of our focus, of what we are focused on. We can focus on the chaos, and, or we can focus on our Jesus. He wants you just, you know what? God made you. God made every single person. Don't ever compare yourself to anybody. That's, that's trouble. Don't ever compare yourself to anybody. This is not about the other person. God made you exactly how he wants you to be. Exactly. With certain skills and talents. It's only a matter of saying, I'm just going to do it under the Lord. You know? he He needs every single person exactly who he made them to be. Come as you are and let him grow you up. And let him teach you. Let him... Develop and define your skills and talents for him and then use those skills and talents for him and do everything as unto the Lord and you don't have anything to worry about. We must focus on the goodness of God. We must focus on the possibility of God. We must focus on the purpose of God. It's all about where we put our focus. We will accomplish great things for him. He has a wonderful plan. He has a wonderful future. He has promise and possibility for each one of us. And then when he puts us all together, it's like this beautiful orchestra, isn't it? It's like we're all part of this tremendous symphony. And we're all playing our part. And we're all singing our, in particular, song. And it comes together. And it just makes this beautiful sound before the Lord. That's awesome. That is awesome. You're part of this beautiful symphony. You're part of a masterful artwork. Do you realize that? He needs all the different colors. Right? He needs every color to make it beautiful. Hallelujah. So we need to move into 2021. When we move into 2021... We need to understand that nothing in the past matters. The only thing that matters is where we're focused, where we're focused, we're standing on the rock, and we are going to do mighty things for God. Because he has designed each and every one of you in this room for such a time as this. He has designed you for such a time as this. You should take that as a compliment, because times are hard in the world. That you see Jesus, with Jesus, we got it. With Jesus, we got it. So, anyway, that's what the Lord spoke to me about what I was supposed to share today. And we are going to take our communion to open.